back for season four of the Final Corner podcast for the 2023 F1 and British Touring Car season. We're kicking things off this year with the 2022 Bahrain Grand Prix and a little preview of the season ahead. Joining me as always is Tom and Nick. Welcome guys. Hello. Hello. We're back. Some said we would, yes. we couldn't be bothered, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we couldn't be bored at the end of last year, but we're definitely bothered this year. For because our... it's so different. Uh, yeah, yes. it's, it's so different. <laughs> I mean, the gap at the front's got bigger, so we're, we're all excited about that. So, Bahrain, first week up. We also didn't make a preview show last week, so we'll do a bit of a preview now. Um, been a lot of driver changes, as we spoke about last year. And over the off-season, there's been a lot of team principal changes, which I think, Nick, you've got a list of all the pirings and firings. Uh, yes. Um, we'll start with Andreas Seidel, left McLaren to go to Sauber slash Audi. Perfect timing. As he got out there. CEO. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So he's the overall CEO of the group, I believe, um, the Sauber group. But he's more in charge of trying to bring Audi in in the future. Um but also at Alfa Romeo, Alessandro Aluni Bravi. What a no, name. I have never heard of him before what either. What a name. Who is the team lawyer and representative. So well, God knows what's going on there. He's well, not a team principal. He is a representative. <laughs> that's awkward for, yeah. in terms of uh, who does the hierarchy internally, who knows who's the boss. I suppose he is. Yeah. It's all to do with Seedle though, really, isn't it? joining yeah. Audi and stuff in the transition. So they're probably going to make a seed or hire someone else bigger soon. Yeah. I think it's very much an interim appointment. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And Seidel's replacement at McLaren is uh, Andrea Stella, who has been around the paddock for many a year. Mm. Uh, interesting to see how well he gets on as a team principal. In a bad year. Uh, yeah, exactly. We've got Fred Vasseur, who left Alfa Romeo to go to Ferrari. Everyone's favourite poison chalice. <laughs> yeah, ah, oh, it's such a tricky job for him. But then when it yeah. when it when it comes, you've got to say yes. Yeah, and there's history there, isn't there? Of French team principals doing well. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's clutching up straws a bit, maybe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and the last one we have is James Vowles, who has left Mercedes to become the. The big wig at Williams. I'm still bitter about Capito losing his job at the end of last year. I think yes. them stepping forward a bit has nothing to do with Vowles. I'm just going to put that one out there. That'll be later on in the year. Yeah. Um, although from what I read, Capito was the one who left rather than was pushed. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. Mm. Maybe he gets the Salbuck again a year's time after some garden leave or something. I don't know. Possibly. And the big news is that Mike Crack's still here. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we get to hear from him more often than ever, right? Because now they're successful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I still haven't seen an interview with him ever. <laughs> they always just go straight to Lawrence Stroll. Uh, yeah, which is a bit weird, isn't it? Because imagine the other teams just go straight to their owner. Yeah. It's kind of odd. But uh, he did an interview on uh, one of the Formula One podcasts recently. So I recommend listening to, to him there to hear what his voice sounds like. <laughs> Didn't have too much interest in to say that, unfortunately. So yeah, that's it for the team principles. Yep. And we covered the drivers last year. Mm-hmm. Um, all sorts of shenanigans that <laughs> went on. Uh, as we saw in the Drive to Survive latest series, which mm-hmm. I've not watched the last episode, but I, I know what happens. So, um, <laughs> but the, the the rest of it was quite interesting, seeing how the Oscar Piastri situation actually played out, and how there was potential going to be legals involved and lawsuits, and it all just went away. And I, yeah, I did quite enjoy the the ending of it, where it was the team principal Valpine. Uh, Otmar, uh, my favourite. Yes. Otmar. Um, basically, smirking at the end of it, saying, We've actually got better drivers than we intended. When mm. it was Fernando Alonso and Oscar Piastri, and end up with um, o- Ocon and uh, Gasly. 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 Which I, I rate Gasly a lot, but would you have Gasly or Piastri? Yeah. Well, they, want, they didn't want 
Gasly. Let's put it, let's be clear about that. They wanted Piastri. Uh, yeah. So they mm-hmm. thought the same as you, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever way he spins it. Ultimately, he's well, changed his mind. Well, they first wanted Alonso, and Alonso done him the dirty. So, he's, yeah, Pierre Gasly's now third choice. There were amazing scenes there, though, where it was almost like a clip yeah. where Otmar's in the pit lane and he's like talking on the phone on his uh, AirPods, is it? Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's saying, like, oh, well, there's something weird going on. And then it and it and it was right. There was something really weird going on that weekend. Mad. That's Alonso the for you. Yeah, you that was the best him. bit of the whole series for me. Oh, that whole just, coverage of yeah. the switch around. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. I did love Alonso just going. I like being a bad guy. I'm the bad guy. Yes. He's uh, he's good at entertainment, Fernando. He's very good at entertainment. What did you think he tried yeah. to survive then? If you watched it all. Uh, same as last year, really. It's um, over the top, over dramatized, a bit annoying for that, but still very interesting, and you get to see a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, well said. There's a lot of purists more than ever going, "Oh, I'm not going to watch it now. Oh, it's gone too far. No, no, no." But those criticisms are correct. You're still going to watch it because it's still, in- I still find it enjoyable, and I still oh, learn yeah. from it. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, the format's a bit samey now, and yeah, but I like the fact that they know that as well. Yeah, um, like in the episode where they asked Toto Wolf about it being a documentary, and he said, "No, it's not." <laughs> yeah, and and you know, it's things like where they use team radio bits at the wrong time and stuff. But yeah, I don't, I, I do mind it, but I don't mind it. You know, I'll, I'll gloss over that because I'll happily watch Gunther Sainer say he'll f the entire paddock, and then say, "Oh, I meant hug," or something like <laughs> this. I thought it was the funniest thing yes. I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but it was worth watching for that. The the stuff at the front didn't really. I suppose you got to see about the cost cap from Red Bull's perspective. Yeah. Didn't oh, that really... was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping for a bit more of Mercedes, to be honest, rather than the one episode they did. Mm-hmm. You know, try them trying to get back, but yeah, as well as it's light entertainment. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not a documentary. There was a couple of episodes I thought were just a bit, a bit pointless. I, yeah. I didn't care for the Yuki Tsunoda episode at all. No, 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 no. It was quite funny last year, and now because he's calmed down a bit, it was just, it, I don't know, it was a stop. It, was, it felt contractually obliged. Yeah. Oh, we've got to do the Japanese driver. Yeah, it felt quite sad as well, because Yuki just, A, seemed unmotivated for everything, every scene they showed him in. It always showed him, like, sad, and it looked like he was on about the verge of tears. Mm. And um, yeah, I don't think they painted him in particularly good light. No, they didn't. It see, he seemed, yeah, uncomfortable in himself, and a bit yeah. like, oh, did he even want to be in Formula One? But that's all he's got, so he's in Formula One. Mm. Yeah, I didn't think they particularly showed him well, but I, I don't think anyone comes out of Drive to Survive particularly well, apart from Alonso, who just plays up to it. Uh, yeah. The, the, everyone else comes across as a petulant little child. It's good for their Instagram followings. I got an email yes. where it was like, uh, most drivers followed after Drive to Survive went live, and it was Lewis Hamilton who got the most followers from it, apparently. Mm. Um, I did find it very interesting as well with um, Kevin Magnussen, uh, was one of the people who suggested Hulkenberg as a driver. Oh, yes, I was going to say that. The whole Haas negotiations yeah. were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Because it's been painted as this whole massive rivalry between him and Hulkenberg, but it yeah. doesn't seem to actually be one. Yeah. And also, Hulkenberg was on the Alpine list as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Hmm. Ricardo was not. No. Despite what they said. Because Zach went to, went to negotiate that, didn't he? And went, right, yeah. we're not going to cut for Piastri if you, want, if you have Ricardo, right? <laughs> and they were kind of like, uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll think about it, but no. So, another series, Drive to Survive. Uh, the the must bits out, like the whole Brazil thing. and Yeah. That's what annoys me when there's big stories and they don't show it. It's because they're not there. Yeah, that was the to... big takeout from me, is that the whole Magnuson pole position. Yeah, they're not, they're not uh, every race, are they? No, yeah. But still, that would have been good to mention because there's a lot of Haas throughout. And mm-hmm. as me and Lisa are watching it, I said, oh, I'll tell you what they'll cover right at the end. Haas got a pole position. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, they will. Nope. <laughs> yeah. The, Max that, was in um, it, though, for the first time. Uh, he's been in it yeah. before. Oh, right, okay. We wasn't yeah, in it last he, year. He just though. wasn't in it last year. Yeah, yeah. It's just last year it was a petulant child. 
<laughs> so it makes you think that all those talking head bits are all done at the end of the year. And then possibly, yeah. and then they may be asked to say, like, right, remember you if you're in race two, what do you think about this? I feel like that's how they do it, but I could be wrong there. I'd love someone mm. to let us know if I'm wrong there. Oh, we forgot the uh, was it staged, was it not staged meeting of team principals arguing about porpoising. Oh. I've got it on an email, oh, yeah. I printed it out. What is it? Is that what Toto says? Lost a bit of respect for him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well done, you managed to print something. <laughs> Bad to the environment, total. Bad for the environment. <laughs> yeah, that that whole total thing came across weird. It's, yeah, it was especially weird in the way that they showed it on the program because they didn't structure the lead up to it. They just uh-huh. cut to a team meeting where Total Total Wolf is shouting, and screaming, and swearing, <laughs> and it was just like that seemed out of the blue. But it yeah, didn't, didn't actually tell the story. Yes, if you didn't know, which was uh, correct me if I'm wrong as well, I was a bit confused. They talk. He was talking about. They change the rules to avoid porpoising, and they're saying, "Well, we've managed mm-hmm. to handle it well." It's your car design. Is that yeah. basically the discussion? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Also, yeah. I don't want to like why four episodes in a row or something there was like the Silverstone crash. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, it's like they focused <laughs> on the first like half of the season or first quarter or whatever. And Not it took much. them the full series to get through that, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, no, that the was the end of the season as well. So it's not perfect, and we've no. got clear criticisms, no. but we enjoy mm. it. We'll yeah. Still watch it. Oh yeah, still watch it every year. Yeah, and Netflix have now deployed the same formula to golf and tennis, well. <laughs> and tennis. So I am tempted I ha- to watch that to learn about those sports because I'm pretty ignorant to them, but I'm not going to it yet. Might watch the golf one because. It's about the PGA Tour, but then last year, the whole live golf situation kicked off mm. for the Saudi Arabian Tour, stealing half the players and all this. So ah. apparently, it's quite juicy for that. Apparently, so the tennis one has that. has a player who's particularly awful, as well. <laughs> I can't, I don't know who it is. I don't, you know, I'm not really up to speed, so I was tempted to watch uh, that first. Tim Henman, not Tim Henman. <laughs> That's how up to speed we are. The, the golf one could still be called Drive to Survive as well. Hey. Oh. <laughs> right on uh, Bahrain then, first race of the year. Pole position for Max Verstappen and a uh, win for Max Verstappen. They are miles ahead. Mm-hmm. They have taken quite a big step over the others. Mercedes have failed, really. They're now probably the fourth quickest car, but the big surprise for testing and then this weekend was the Aston Martin or the twenty twenty two Red Bull, whatever way you want to you want to call it. Um but they've they've produced an exceptional car by the looks of it. They almost didn't have two drivers at the weekend. With yeah. Stroll getting knocked off his bike, as at least one driver does every pre season. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Lance Stroll, I think he broke his wrist, he broke his big toe, he was battered, he was in hospital. Felipe Drogovic had to do the test, still looked relatively competitive in testing, and then Lance Stroll somehow dragged himself into the car and actually pulled out a pretty decent performance over the weekend. He had a good race, but in practice we were speculating, he looked very sore, he couldn't get out, there's that clip where he couldn't get out of the car. And there's no way he should have raced if that was the condition, but he clearly then recuperated overnight, I guess. And yeah, I mean, I d- didn't think he should race at all, but he he raced really well. So what if it's done more damage to him in the long run, though? You know, there's yeah, I would. He's just sat out that first race. My main concern was the fact that if he then crashed or had a big impact yeah, yeah. or something like that, that he could really mess something up more. Clearly he was able to drive, but I don't know if you guys noticed mm-hmm. when, if he did get oversteer, he was just doing it one-handed. Mm. Yeah. And that's not ideal. Mind you, Robert Kubica, Kubica, however you want to pronounce yeah. it, apologies, managed it for a couple of seasons. Yeah. Very true. He, um, yeah, he did drive one-armed most of the time. It really was. I know it looked like he had two hands on the wheel, but only one of them works properly, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair play to Lance, powering through it. Mm-hmm. As you say, I didn't think he'd make it at the start of the weekend, but but he did. Um, looking at the times, a few surprises, I guess, through the practice and the qualifying. Gasly was really off it. 
Mm. Um, McLaren look like they've made a mess of it again with a pretty uncompetitive car. Although, Lando was hanging on at the back of the Mercedes during the race, a lap down. Yeah. But overall, their pace looks pretty poor. Williams look like they've made a bit of a step forward as well. and But the big jump is of the Aston Martin, which a lot of money, I think, is getting poured into that by Lawrence Stroll and his partners, and uh, a lot of tracing paper taken. A bunch of Red Bull engineers apparently jumping ship last year to join Aston Martin. So they've clearly used their off-season well. And it's the first car designed by Dan Fallows, who was obviously high up at Red Bull a few years back. Who has a good memory, according to Helmut Marko. Yes, I thought that was interesting, because there's something suspicious about this. And so, well, yeah, he designed one of your cars. <laughs> or helped, helped to design one of your cars. Of course it's going to be similar. I think uh, it's a good story. It's nice to see more people fighting with Mercedes. Mm. But I think what it's me- meant is you've got top two, the Red Bull cars are in their own class. Then you've got Division 2, which is Ferrari, Merck and Aston. And then you've got everybody else. But the best yeah. everybody else can do is eighth or ninth, even sorry, uh, mm-hmm. unless there's like some retirements up front. So everybody behind now is fighting for two points maximum, realistically, unless there's an error or a, a Ferrari breakdown. Which is, you can count on that. So, <laughs> yeah. He guaranteed positions to get picked up for Ferrari incompetence. <laughs> but well, just- both Red Bulls had um, transmission issues, which weren't advertised during the race, although Max did say about his downshifts were causing problems, but apparently the transmissions were very close to breaking on both cars. Oh, I don't believe it. <laughs> I'll I tell you why it's I don't believe engines. it. They were coaxing it home and still smashed everybody by 30-odd seconds, was it? Yeah. So, come on. they can. That's just a nice little story of, oh, we could have done this. And it's like, well, they're just, they're just going to smash it. But to me, just going back to that point quickly, I don't think there's a midfield anymore. I don't think that expression exists this year. You've got Red Bull, the front lot, and then every any everyone from that pack of Williams, Haas, McLaren, AlphaTauri, Alpine, Alfa Romeo can finish in mm-hmm. ninth. They're all yeah. looking for that. And we can see that in qualifying where you had Gasly last, Piastri knocked out, but then you had Hulkenberg in the top ten. Yeah. Uh, Magnussen down, you know, knocked out in Q one, but his teammate up there. Lando Norris nearly making it into Q3 but his teammate so mm-hmm. and it's so close there so that's re- I have to just watch every race now going okay what's the battle for ninth because <laughs> it, uh, uh, it looks like one is tied up most races for the next while yeah um, so yeah, are kind of looking what's the fight for the last step of the podium and what's the fight yeah for the, the end of the points it's kind of where we're going to be looking I think I do think Leclerc would have easily, uh, well, at that one race, he's quicker than science and quicker than Alonso, mm-hmm. so he's kind of yeah. on his own a bit as well, maybe. We'll see. There yeah. is still hope for the rest of the year with the fact that, well, there is at the moment anyway, the fact that Red Bull don't have as much development time, so maybe the other teams can catch up a bit. That's the only hope we've got at the moment. Yeah. yeah. It's like when people say, oh, Mercedes are going to go radical updates. I think they were saying mm-hmm. uh, today I read, yeah, radical changes. Um, but, you know, every, every other team's also moving forward as well. So it's well, relative. McLaren, they said they changed their philosophy in September when they were already several yes. months into designing their car. McLaren knew this car was a dog. So they're yeah. already expected to change uh, in a few races' time, isn't it? Baku. Yeah. Apparently, Baku is basically going to be what would have, what should have been their launch car. Right. Is Baku going to be the race that used to it? Oh, I see. Mm. Well, that's that's a terrible start to the year. Yes. Seedal, perfect time. See you later, mate. But <laughs> at least McLaren looked at their philosophy and went, this isn't going to work. Whereas Mercedes looked at their philosophy and went, yeah, sod it, we'll just stick with it. Yes, well, <laughs> allegedly, it met all their internal targets, which clearly their internal targets weren't good enough. No. Yeah, the, the, whatever the CFD was telling them was wrong. Yeah. So they're going to have to take a look at that model, and I think. But you know, Toto's saying that they're basically major revamp. There's rumours that James Allison's stepping back into the car design role. He's uh, going to be overseeing upgrades coming forward soon, mm-hmm. and Toto wants a radical upgrade. 
radical change in direction, which Go drop. I'm kind of counting Mercedes out this year same. already. Same, same, same. My, uh, since before we go into the race, we didn't get our predictions in from last week, and I'm already regretting one of mine, I'll be honest. I predicted Max for the title, but I was going to predict Ferrari for the teams. Ooh. And I've realised I've made a grave error in that. So that would have been yeah. my two predictions last week. Yeah. yeah, it's not looking good. No, I mean, I think no one can not predict Max for the title. Um, and Teams is just down to Checo, isn't it? Yeah, we're already a bit down in the dumps. We're supposed to be excited <laughs> for the season, but it's just a bit... Oh. It's not. I'm not bemoaning the people at Red Bull who made an amazing car and Max Verstappen for being a world-class, world-champion deserved driver. It's just you want to see a bit more of a fight, don't you? And this is mm. reminiscent of uh, one of those years where one of the three out of the four years where Vettel just ran away for the year. Like when Vettel won four back-to-back for Red Bull, it sounds quite boring on paper, but three of those years, I think someone else could have won the title going into the final race. But one of them, I think it was 2012, maybe he just smashed it. Yeah. And it was, it just took, it took, even if you have great battles for ninth on the podium, it does take the wind out of the sails a bit when the race wind's not really up for grabs. So we talk about the race then? Oh yeah, sorry, we're Mm -hmm. going all over the place there. (laughs) <laughs> so the race then um, we had Max on pole from Perez, Leclerc, Sainz Alonso, Russell, Hamilton, Stroll Ocon, Hulkenberg was the top 10 both Ferraris get a better launch than Perez, Sainz tried to go to the inside, right hand side to track Leclerc went to the left, Sainz was getting pushed out of the road, had to back out but Leclerc mm. kept it round outside at turn 1 and managed to get himself up to 2nd Hamilton managed to jump Russell at the start and then got Alonso up into turn four. Um, Alonso was trying to get the switch back through turn four, but then gets hit by his teammate, who's fighting George Russell at the, that point. Actually, for the first time ever, I'm not going to blame Lance Show for this. How oh, about you guys? really? Yeah, because uh, uh, hmm. I don't think he ever expected Alonso to take the line that he did. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. that but yeah, I'm sort of thinking... He did go in too deep, and he shouldn't have made contact. But yeah, I can see what you mean as well. The way he switched back is a much um, shallower line than you'd normally take. But yeah, especially when it's your teammate. <laughs> you just got to be a bit more careful, I think. I will blame Stroll for the one in qualifying, though, or uh, practice. <laughs> uh, it was a Piastri was overtake, overtaking someone, and uh, he's just parked at turn one. In the oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'll blame him for that one. But yeah, I didn't really think he could do much, much else. Well, it wasn't expecting what Alonso was going to do. The crazy thing for me in this move is the amazing uh, sense of awareness that Russell had. Because I think he went a bit deep. But his cut back on Alonso is very daring. Because he sort of goes around the outside of Stroll. But then cuts mm. immediately far, far right. It's as if he knew Alonso would defend. And he'd mm. already got it. And he got, got ahead of him. I thought that was a great move from George. Uh, the rest of his race was downhill from there on in. But... Yeah. When the tyres aren't shot and the car's okay, he did a great move there. Yep, and Hulkenberg's race goes disastrous for Ron pretty quick. He gets Ocon and damages his front wing. So he um, he just falls down the order and then picks up a million penalties for ignoring the track limits. Yeah. Which... Wasn't was the a... only person picking up penalties there? <laughs> no. But it was about last, so it, it seemed bizarre why he kept picking up track limit penalties. Mm. Well, he hasn't driven for a while. We'll let him off. I think uh, they might not have switched his wing at the first pit stop either, did they? Could be wrong there. Um, I don't think they did. I think they left it. No. I think they left it damaged to try and long-term save some time when it was the, it was a mistake. Mm. Should have just changed it because then he just had to struggle the rest of the race. Yeah. Uh, until yeah. the second pit stop, yeah. The other participant in that crash, Espan Ocon, then started having his own dramas. <laughs> so he got a five-second penalty for mm. out of position. being out of position at the start. Yeah. He then came in to serve it, but had damaged his front wing. And the mechanic started unscrewing the front wing almost immediately, which voided mm-hmm. his five-second penalty. Dear, dear. Yep. He then got a 10-second penalty for that, for not serving his first penalty correctly. 
And then they picked up an other five second penalty for speeding in the pit lane. Yeah, how'd you do that so, in this day and age? So they end up with 20 seconds worth of penalties, all because of one incident. Being out of position, he's got box at the start, essentially. Which. It's just unraveled. Alpine. Alpine. What mm. are you doing, man? Yeah. Sure, someone yeah. should have told the mechanic, don't touch the car for five seconds. He just jumps right in and starts unscrewing the nose. <laughs> it's bizarre. Bizarre. Yeah. That's a complete it was. failure. It was really embarrassing. I mean, Ocon's made some mistakes, but he was saying in the post-race interview that, oh, we need to look at the procedure. So maybe he's almost blaming the team for how he lined up as well. I don't know. You don't know if each team's got their own process for that. And maybe it didn't work uh, yeah. for him. But it shouldn't have been speeding the pit lane, regardless. So. Well, that's what was confusing, because he was blaming the FIA afterwards. He's like, we've been doing the same thing for like four years. Like, what same yeah. thing? Mm. Hey. What's the same thing you've been doing? You've been speeding in the pit mm. lane and getting away with it. Yeah, yeah. You've been not serving your five-second penalties properly. Like, how, <laughs> how's any of that the FIA's fault? Hamilton's in front of Alonso and Russell, but he pits first to try and get the undercut, and Alonso gets past Russell. Uh, started at turn four, Russell tried to fight it back, and then had to give it up through the little S section. The only reason Russell was there is because Alonso got a big snappy oversteer. Mm. Turn four, which he seemed to constantly get. Yes. Yeah. He got it later on, didn't he? Yeah. Which is strange. It's that uh, it kept happening there, um, and not anywhere else in the track. Mm. I mean, yeah, well, unless held. maybe he did have a slight amount of damage from that contact with Stroll. That I don't know. Is there anything I can think of? Yeah, mm. yeah he did take slightly. a whack and never do right. Mm. Uh, Bottas then jumps everyone by undercutting, um, but Which can't hold it. Didn't see that coming, but then it really frustrated me. I know he's not in the same race as them, but he just gave up so easily all all, all mm. the time. Even from even lap five when Straw gets past him, uh, where that early into the first race of the season, you've got to put a bit more of a fight on because you actually don't know at that point that the Alfa the Aston Martin's amazing, right? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then in the race, it's almost like they resigned. Oh yeah, well we know that you're nowhere near these cars, so just let them by. And then, but the second time he let someone by, he sort of did it a bit weird and did a half. Well, not even half, like a twenty-five percent overtake or defense. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah, on on Russell, it's like he yeah. stuck his nose back up turn four, but half-heartedly. But yeah, yeah. Come on, it's Bottas, like, get your elbows out, son. Well, either let them by completely and save the minimum amount of time. Or put a fight. Yeah. Don't do both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you're just ruining your own race doing that. Yeah, very weird. Uh, well, Clark had a few lockups in his first stint, which um, kept Perez close behind, and then Sergio easily passed someone lap 26. He had had a go in the lap previous, I think. Um, couldn't make it go, but lap 26 got it done pretty easily. He's on softs at this point, though, right? Didn't they yeah, everyone's, everyone's on softs at the start. Oh, sorry, I've got a bit confused. Carry on. <laughs> Ignore that. Yeah, no, I, think, sorry. I, I think I think that's pre-first pit stop. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. sorry. I might be wrong, but I thought that was during the first stint. Uh, Russell pits and manages to get in front of Lance Stroll, but Aston Martin gets past him immediately, and I think that's him the rest of the race. Those two don't really do anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. Alonso goes past Hamilton at turn four, but uh, Alonso gets an big overseer moment and Hamilton cuts back underneath really incredibly tight and mm. it looks like he's just gonna they're gonna hit each other. But he cuts it up under, underneath so tight and manages to position back, which I thought was a brilliant bit of skill from Hamilton. And again, another bit of bad luck or poor setup or whatever for Alonso, which means he couldn't control the rear through that corner. I think they would have crashed if Alonso didn't oversteer. Because Alonso's trying to cover that tight line. He's trying to defend. Mm. He's, trying, he's going down the inside and he's still he's trying to defend on exit as well, which is a Matt Jackson move at the knuckle hairpin, which is you want to defend <laughs> on the way coming out. Right? So he's trying to do that and he gets oversteer. Without the oversteer, they, they collide, in my opinion. So Hamilton's got this amazing foresight, a really tight cutback. I love it. Mm. I think Alonso was trying to move across, though. It could have that, that was sketchy for me. Well, it's the exact move Alonso tried to pull on lap one. Yeah. So he obviously knew yeah. it was coming. Mm. A lap later, though, and we pretty much get the overtake of the season already. Mm-hmm. And it turned 10. Uh, side by side, coming out the hairpin, 
gone up towards turn nine and then the really tight ten. Alonso looks like he's going to try and go around the outside, then nips up the inside the on. Managed to hold it on the brakes and take the position, which was a brilliant move and I think caught Lewis by surprise a little bit. Yeah, no, it was a lovely move. Um, like really? I say, it was out of nowhere because no one ever really passes into there unless someone's got a lock-up or something like that. Um, especially because there's a DRS zone straight after it. You kind of feel that it's not the right place to do it. But I think he kept the DRS. Yes, he did. He did, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's perfect then. The, the Bottas mentality would be, oh, I won't overtake because I'll get DRS. <laughs> yeah. The Alonso mentality is, no, I'll overtake because then I get DRS. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll take it on and he, in the end, he, he could hold it into 11. He said afterwards he tried, he was thinking about going into turn eight, but then thought, mm. oh, I might get a good run out. And uh, what I liked about it was he hit the apex and didn't lock up. Yeah. And outfoxed Hamilton, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. Yeah, really well done. Yeah, he, he didn't run wide. Like you say, he hit that apex nicely. No. Mm. It's quite incredible the amount of talent Alonso has at his age. Mm-hmm. And it seems to have been completely re-energised so far. It was competitive last year, but he'd never looked happy because the car kept blowing up. Yeah. Whereas mm. so far this year, he's bouncing along in interviews and he's really quick. It, it does remind track. me a little bit. I don't, I'm going to temper it. I'm going to be a bit sceptical here. <laughs> I do think the car's genuinely competitive, fights for podiums and Lonzo does really well. But I we've been bitten by this before when McLaren changed from Honda to Renault engines and he finished like fourth or fifth in Australia, I can't remember now, first race of the season mm, and was yeah. like, and the famous quote, now we can fight. Mm-hmm. Which the next race or the two races after, was it Gasly then uh, finished really high up and he said, now we can fight. It was at Bahrain that as well. In, a se- in what's believed to be a semi-ironic repost mm-hmm. to Alonso because mm-hmm. Alonso's season went quickly downhill from there. So he's bouncing and happy because he's, he's in a great car with a good team. They're gelling well. And he's on the podium. I, you know, his opinions will change if things start going wrong, very very quickly. He he'll be back to old Alonso. True. If I'm not saying they will, if things, you know, yeah, uh, become calamitous again. And we have only had Bahrain, haven't we? I know it's uh, exactly one track, but we've also only had that one track for testing as well. Exactly. So let's let's just see. Let's just see. I'm with you though. I was just thinking about this all week that. Well, there's no guarantees. I actually would like it, Alonso to do well and Aston to do very well, right? Oh, yeah. At the minute, it seems like they could be the only people that might even challenge Red Bull sometimes. So I'm all for it. But I just we've been here before with Alonso uh, first race of the season. It's very interesting, though, that Alonso is constantly bigging up Lance Stroll. Because hmm. um, oh, he, he's never done unbearable. that with any it's of intolerable. his other teammates, I don't think, has he? I can't think of any other time. Never. No, never. It's always been all that war, hasn't it? Yeah. The contracts, the, there must be a thing in the contract. <laughs> yeah. That says, we'll give you $6 billion a year <laughs> and a competitive car that you can win races and get podiums with. But you need to say, Stroll's good. That's my harsh. son's the best. Yeah, yeah we no, say that, my son's the best. My son's the best. No, that's, I'm completely making it up. That's very harsh. And I'm only joking around. But you're right. It's a interesting distinction. From previous seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does make me slightly uneasy, happy Alonso. I'm, I'm used, <laughs> used to... No, it's weird, right? Yeah. I'm used to the bad guy. He's not been happy in about a decade, so it is a bit strange. Uh, so, then Ferrari are back to the usual. Mm-hmm. Leclerc pulls over, having lost their engine. They had previously had to change all the electrics in the car. Before, I think it was before the race. Mm-hmm. In part Fermi. Yeah, he had to change everything. Uh, but then his car still conked out mid-race, which he parked up well. My cynic in me thought he shouldn't have done that because he's just yeah. hurt the car was here. Yeah. But he pulled it off at a marshal's post and um, he didn't pull it off. He pulled over at a marshal's post. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it caused a VSC, which a bunch of the midfield... Guys pitied it, except from Nick DeVries. Uh-huh. And his opening weekend just went horribly after that because he had no tyres to fight. Mm. Sonoda managed to pull a double overtake on DeVries that and was good. Joe, which I thought was quite good. It was really um, good, but you know it's like a big tyre advantage. And it's a bit, yeah. It feels cheaper. But you've still got to do it, so fair play. 
Yeah. I think Job is on Utahs as well. True. I think yeah, good point. Compromised by how hard Davish was trying to fight it. Yeah. Even though he had no chance. Then we get the, the move for the final podium place, lap 45. It looks like Alonso and Sainz touch out of four. I wasn't yeah. sure whether they touched or not. Sainz reported that they did. Alonso's front left on his rear right. Mm. But the cameras didn't really show if they were close. Mm. If they didn't touch, they were close. They're very hard to tell. Yeah, but it looks like he had another big overseer moment now. Um, so going on to turn 10, it looks like Alonso wants to make the same moves he did on Hamilton. But um, Sainz is... A, Wise to it, mm-hmm. covers the inside, locks up though, which allows Alonso to close up, get the DRS on the back straight, and he passes him into turn 11, which again is not a place you see much overtaken. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. Uh, nice move. Like, Science took the inside and locked up, which is very easily what we said Alonso could have done when he was getting past Hamilton, but didn't. End of the race was Hamilton putting a little bit of pressure on Sainz, but could never get close enough for a move. Mm-hmm. And uh, the podium ends up being Max from uh, Perez from Alonso for the first three weird builds for the first race of the season, as Sergio said. <laughs> if you didn't say it, I was going to say it. <laughs> so, hey, the, the big story is Aston, and mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how long they can stay probably ahead of Mercedes. They are ahead, even though they were split and qualifying. They're yeah. interested to see how far they can stay there, and if they've got a race pace advantage over Ferrari, how how close they can stay to them as well. We don't really know, because, again, like Nick said, we've only had one track. But the other, the other thing is, uh, Alonso lost positions on the opening lap, mm-hmm. which impacts the race significantly, I think. If he's in clear air around a Ferrari, it might be very different. Yeah. He finished 10 seconds ahead of Sainz, but he was still 18 behind Perez. Yeah. You just sort of think, if he didn't lose positions at the start, he might have he might have been challenging Leclerc. You never know. Mm. I just don't think in that scenario, in that race, he would have been. No. So we're at Saudi next, which is a oh, very yes. different track. Mm. Silverstone with walls and all that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of changes to the track as well, I believe, like um, opening up of some corners and things like that. Oh, to try and f- um, make it so as it's less unsighted in some areas. Place walls for Mick Schumacher. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> it's funny. How yeah, he's not here. He's not here. Oh. He'll oh, be well, standing next retires. to Toto. <laughs> oh, yeah. Drew, he'll be standing next to Toto. <laughs> it's weird seeing him do that. Yeah. It, it's like a lap dog, isn't it? It's very odd. Whole <laughs> reserve driver has to stand next to Toto. Very, yeah. very strange. I have to say as well that um, I was very impressed with um, Logan Sargent. Because mm. everyone, including me, just expected him to be last. Um, By a margin. It, he looked very competitive. So did the car, to be fair. I mean, he out-qualified Magnussen, Piastri, De Vries and Gasly. Fair car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then was... Up there nearly for the points in the race, right? So, yeah, yeah, he was he ended up 12th. Um, Albon got a point, which is a nice step for Williams first race of the season. Mm-hmm. Sergeant was only lapped on the last lap, I think, as well, really. So, yeah, I thought it was a very impressive debut. Plus, I also want to shout out Pierre Gasly, mm. he was last in qualifying, he managed to get to ninth, which was helped by his teammates' endless penalties. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, an eventual retirement, but yeah, I thought he did. I thought he did pretty well. And that Alpine, mm. Alpine, the car looks weird. Yeah, yeah. I did see a lot of journalists, and I, listen, I respect them, and uh, I don't envy their position of trying to work out who's quick from testing. Mm-hmm. But the consensus among three different outlets I've read and watched videos for, listened to podcasts for, were, oh, Alpine's, you know, turning down the wicked qualifying. They're playing it cool. And we yeah. know it's because they're confident in interviews. And it turned out that, no, that's about where they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they look, they look like they've went backwards. Yeah, I think they from have. From last year. Um, which will make Otmar very sad in next year's Day to Thrive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm here for that, though. <laughs> yeah. We mentioned McLaren, who were 
nah. to Urban McLaren, basically. <laughs> Piastri retired on his uh-huh. debut with car problems. Lando Norris had to pick constantly for, I think he was filling up the, was it the pneumatics or the yeah. hydraulics? Yeah. Pneumatics. Yeah, so he had to pick constantly. But as I say, there was a long period where he was right behind Hamilton and Alonso, and he mm-hmm. was he was on the back of them. He wasn't dropping off, which he locked up and then he wiped out Hamilton at one point. Oh, yeah, did, yes. But if that's a true reflection of the race pace, that's pretty good. It is, but oh. he was on fresher tires at that point. I was just going to say that's the same. And with the knowledge, he's going to have to pit again, so he has to. He can take on mm-hmm. the life out of the tires, right? Yeah, because he could only do 11, 10, 11 laps at a time. Mm, that's true. Um, so I, was try, I was trying to find some uh, yeah, no. some crumbs of comfort from McLaren. But that was his pace was impressive at that point. But as you say, yeah, there's probably reasons for that. Despite our cynicism, though, I don't think you should write off McLaren at this stage. Like, oh, like no, you were I saying, Nick, they, they, got, they understand the philosophy is wrong. They've got something new. But I, I do think that with the reliability we sorted, they were... They could have been a bit quicker in the race than we saw, but they were never in the mm-hmm. right position. So. No. And Piastri's was the electrical problem, which they thought was in the steering wheel, but it turned out mm. to be in the steering column, mm. uh, which is why a change in the steering wheel didn't do anything. Yeah. And I think last year, they really looked bad, didn't they, for the first two races, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. actually, they were best of the rest for the rest of the year, while well, Norris was. So Yeah. I just don't think the form book, we've got a rough idea now. I think it's clear that Red Bull's so far ahead. We can't catch that. But mm-hmm. This Ferrari, Merck, Aston thing is not decided, I don't think, because it could no. be track-specific. And the rest of the mm-hmm. midfield like, still can't even write off McLaren for the next race, I don't think, to get points. You know, Norris is a great driver. He'll, get, he'll pull something out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It seems to be a wacky front end that they have trouble with the past few years, but mm-hmm. if they're... Uh, if they are bringing a major update, fingers crossed. As a McLaren fan, there was a few. There's been a few false dawns over the past couple <laughs> of years. Yeah, and it, it's not quite delivered yet. Like I said, don't write them off, but I still think it's a a gradual decline at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Zach Brown will be away within the next eighteen months. Maybe. I would say he's sacked about everyone he can at this point because Ast- so. Aston. Is now they're not a competitor with them. No, that head. No. It's gone. They're 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 away. So they're looking at Alpine and the rest again. Yeah. Trying to fight try to fight for fifth at best. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame. I'm gonna be real interested to see what Mercedes do now though. Because mm-hmm. the way they're talking, it's not an update, it's a revamp, but it's a new philosophy that yeah. they want. I was reading some stuff on the current car then the now and Apparently they have their cockpit further forward than other drivers, mm. the, other, the other cars, which means that the weird side pod design is actually a compromise because of the position in the the cockpit. Ah. It's slightly further forward, which forces the engine cover to change, mm. and it messes. It makes their weight distribution completely different from Red Bull and Ferrari. So. There was this article was talking about whether they're, they're going to go as fundamental as move the cockpit back and start changing the, the side pods, which would be a huge change to do mid-season. Yeah, can't I can't believe they did mid-season. With a budget cap. Yeah, exactly. So I think their, their overhaul is going to be four changes and possible side pods and you know wing enhancements. I don't think we're going to see anything fundamental, but we're just to see how far they can push it mm. without... Going a hundred grand over the budget cap, like Red Bull. Yeah, well, up doing. The okay. cynic in me is thinking: Do they deliberately go over the budget cap and say, "Well, it only costs Red Bull seven million? You know, yeah. I can't see that happening, but you know. Well, someone will do that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it won't be Zach Brown. Otherwise, that'll be pretty <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, yeah, his letter. <laughs> yeah, he McLaren are purposely ten million pound under every year just to make sure. <laughs> He does not want that egg on his face. Can I mention a couple of small things that actually Nick, you had in your notes? Mm. So I'll, ma- I'll mention one, um, which was Joe got fastest lap, didn't he? And I was thinking, why have they pitted him to get fastest lap? It's completely pointless. But it's to steal the point off Gasly at that point. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's actually quite clever. Mm. He was not going to get points anyway when he got it on the final lap. 
uh, and Max couldn't get on the ramp. <laughs> What's oh, yeah. with the... In fact, he managed it, but why was there a ramp? Yes. He, threw, he, he launched it like a bloody missile towards Perez's front wing. It would have <laughs> took someone's ankles off if it hit them. Mm. As he was spinning the wheels as well, I was thinking, oh, that ramp could like fly off, you know, if it found yeah. grip. But... The other thing as well is that what if the underside of the car was damaged? It's, it's mm. technically in park firmer at that point. So. But why don't you just yeah. push it on it? Oh, yeah. I'll have a wider ramp. I'll just not have a ramp. Yeah. It wasn't like a big, huge thing like Mexico where it rises up. It was just some LED screens, wasn't it? Yeah. In a corner. Very bizarre. Yeah. All right, on to Saudi. Yeah. Yeah. Later. Saudi's always <laughs> interesting. Someone's bound to crash. So oh, yeah. That'll be spaces at all. True. It's like a Baku, isn't it? Where you think, oh, well, there's something There's something somewhere. Yeah, if no if no one crashes, this will be awful. But if someone normally crashes and livens it up, you would think one of the rookies, or possibly Yuki. Yeah, oh, Yuki. Yeah, we're looking for someone in that field. Make a mistake, call some safety car pandemonium. Then we might have something going on at the front. I think we've all got to just hope for a Perez win to spice up the championship. He's our only hope yeah. to fight Verstappen. I don't mean that in an anti-Verstappen way. I just mean in terms of having uh, a championship battle to fight for. Because at least in the Hamilton, many, not the Bottas era, but when mm-hmm. Rosberg and Hamilton were teammates and Hamilton won several, Rosberg was fighting through the year, even if not right at the end. Yeah. You know, he'd grab like three race wins in a row at one point. You think, oh, it's on. And there's always that threat of Rosberg winning it. Whereas at the minute, I'm of the opinion that Perez just can't beat Max at all. No. I don't think so. Not in that team. No. Everything is for get Max. Dan, get Danny Rick back in the car. I can't see him ever getting back in an F1 car, to be honest. <laughs> Can you no, see Perez no. carrying on next year, though? It depends if yeah. he's happy being a number two. And if I was him, I would take it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, there's nothing else they can. There's nowhere else for him to go. Mm-hmm. So. No. so, yeah, that's next weekend. The 17th to 19th of March. It's a night race for us. Five o'clock Ooh. race start. And five o'clock qualifying start as well. Which is uh, which is a nice little treat. It is. Have, have, mm. watch, have it with your Sunday dinner. And you guys, any predictions for the year? Imagine that you're making them pre-Barry. I, <laughs> I, I think Mercedes will win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because... No. Pre Bahrain, someone would be like, "Oh, I think Aston have a chance at a podium this year," mm. um, but can't really go there. I uh, I'm sticking with my um, prediction from last year again that Russell will beat Hamilton over the year. Okay, good one, good one. Uh, I think for me the most interesting thing is who's going to finish. Oh, my phone's just decided to do something. Sorry if you heard that. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't speaking to you. <laughs> I don't want to call anyone. Stop it. Mark <laughs> really does that. Um, oh, so for me, I think oh, it's tricky, but I, I think the the main interest is going to be who's going to finish fifth in the constructors. And so I'm actually going to say McLaren for a fight back. Hmm. Very confident. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just being weird. So okay, that's episode one of the year down. Another twenty eight to go or whatever. <laughs> got we've got a twenty three race F one season and British Touring Cars is back in about a month's time. Mm-hmm. I think the season launch is in about three weeks at Brands Hatch. Mm-hmm. And then we're on to proper racing. And there's still a lot of seats not filled there. So by the time your preview show comes round, hopefully they'll all be ready and filled and Gordon Shed no actual have a car to drive. There's a lot of drivers that are unknown as well, or relatively unknown, which is yeah a strange off season this time around. I think. Yeah, and there's lots of drivers who've lost their seats. It seems. Yeah. That may or may not fill the, these last few seats. And will Plato be on the grid? <laughs> I think he Depends will. How much money he's got to offer dynamics? I think he will. Yeah, that's the big rumor at the minute. Mm-hmm. Why, if you were a dynamic, so why would you take it? Well, there's money. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. 
Money talks in touring cars. Well, did you see the uh, the rumour of that, that last year they had a third TBL at Dynamics and that that was originally meant to be for Plato? Ah, well, they definitely were allocated one that was withdrawn. Mm-hmm. Yes. For whatever reason. The rumour was that Plato had agreed to take that drive and then decided to... Uh, I can't even remember if he was with BTC the season before, but it he went went with them. No, before that it was with Paramax. So. Yeah. I decided BTC over TD. Interesting. But whether or not this is true, I mean, we don't know. No, no. True. But that's what the rumour was. That That's why the TBL went back, because that deal fell through. I think even if the there's a lot of unknowns to the lineup of the drivers, you've still got your Ingrams and your Turkingtons mm-hmm. and your uh, Sutton's. Sutton and Helm. Yeah. Jake, yeah, all that jazz. So the front of the grid's still going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah, definitely. But before we get there, we've got Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah. And the Formula One. So thank you for that one. If you're back for Series 4, I guess we're calling it. Four years in a row. Be doing this. So, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, we'll look forward. I know. It's going <laughs> quick, isn't it? So we'll look forward to seeing you I'm, after Saudi Arabia. I'm glad we made millions from it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really liked that the hosting platform decided to tell me they were going to take the money for it this year and not just take it out of my bank account and give me the fright of my life. Oh, okay. That was nice of them. Oh, yeah, that's, that's always helpful. Yeah. yeah, no, they just took the money. Didn't even, didn't even get a renewal receipt or anything. <laughs> like, oh, there's a, there's the money gone. I guess that was due. Thank well, you. Well, thank you very much for doing that, Colin. Indeed. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I don't need a fridge freezer. <laughs> It broke the same day as I took the money. It's like, oh no, all the money's gone. So yeah, we'll start a crowdfunding. You can pay yeah. it from my fridge. So, right, thank you. We'll be back next week with Saudi Arabia. Let's, so let's go. We'll see you then. Bye.